Cricket. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. Welcome to Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raph Clark and Rob Hale for Rain and Horn Darwin. Finding a place to write your next chapter. SEN Fridays in the Top End. Robbie and Raph, let's recap all of last weekend's Round 6 NTFL action. It all started Friday night with Nycliffe 18-17-125, defeating Palmerston 3-5-23. 102-point win, which was expected from some. Others would say that they expected Palmerston to be a little more competitive in that one. Brody Philo starred, had the ball on a string. I think he finished with 38 possessions. He's averaging about the mid-30s this year and a couple of goals as well. We're not doing the SEN top end 10 this week, but he would be probably lifting a few ranking spots maybe, that might be fair to say. But the Tigers are in pretty good form. Rob, what was your take from that one? Is it more about Nycliffe just going about their merry way or are they... the signs are concerning signs at Palmerston getting even even larger. Yeah, I reckon even larger for Palmerston. Um, it's just it's just tricky. Even like I was on the NT News tippy nap, I went to tip Nycliffe by about 110, but you could only go to 100. So I was like, oh. So then I went back to, to tip Nycliffe to win by about 80 and um, instead. And yeah, so it's so the same this week. They've got another tipping game's so one that's going to blow out past 100. So yeah, NTFL might have to adjust that. They you? might have to adjust that. So <laughs> now nah, look, I think it's quite disappointing. Um, Palmerston, are, we're talking off air. We just It's a club where you don't know where they're at. Last year they had, what, eight, eight or nine ex-AFL yeah, players? Ten, but it's no use bringing all these blokes and qualifying them I mean, if you if they're not going to be here when the when it matters post Christmas. No, and you can say the argument like, hey, these think about what it's going to do to the young players at the club playing mm. alongside of these guys. But what has it done? Like, no. it's not like there's been a continual development with their young players from this year to last year, um, or last year to this year rather. So it's really hard because yeah. it's local footy, Rob, and, and no one likes it when you, you know, are constantly quote unquote bashing a team or being negative. But we can only comment on what we're seeing and and it's really hard to sort of say a lot of positives what are you seeing Raph yeah I'm on sort of the same sort of thing you know like you look at these other clubs and not making them powerhouses and it's it's getting those recruits from you know the the, the leagues that are you know your country top country leagues and whatnot and you're getting four or five blokes who'd be able to commit and move up here so that's that's your standards both you know on and off the field with your training and whatnot so you know that helps your whole team grow together um you know whether you're getting four or five blokes in and out, as you know, like you just mentioned, that play these one or two games here and there, just for the crowd, or you know, to attract people down to your club, that doesn't really help your development any in any which way. Like you might have a bloke train for one night and mm. play one game, then you don't see him for three weeks. So, you know, you look at Nycliffe and, and the likes of those guys, and even Waratahs over the last few years, they've had a core group. You know, that sort of come back together and and build your club together so Palmerston are sort of in that mix sort of by Mm. the looks of it Um, you know uh, they've got a lot of talent coming through but you know we we get to see it um, be you know really used I believe Mm. yeah Brody Philo 38 disposal led the stats Randall had 29. Cooper Darms, a state league pair there. They both had 29. Brett Kennedy, 28 touches, 3 goal 5. So that's a big game statistically. Wines with 25. Grundy with 24. The list goes on. Every player 
from Nycliffe except for Michael Mummery had eight possessions or more. Uh, 20 players had 10 possessions or more, where Palmerston had 14 players who got under 10 possessions. So a very different looking stat sheet. Lewis Smith and Young had 24 disposals each for the Magpies, but then behind that they were just 15 disposals as the maximum. Mm. The concerning one, Rob, and I don't want to get too stats oriented, but I don't know if Palmerston have won a tackle count this year. They lost the tackle count 45 to 39 on the weekend while also losing disposals 387 to 214. Is that mm. concerning or am I reading too much into that? I just keep looking at the tackle count thing. Hmm. What's, are they playing with spirit? Are they yeah, playing? I, th- I don't know what Raf's opinion is on this, but for me, the tackle count, I've sort of, I think that's about 10 years ago. I think it's a bit old fashioned thing. Oh, I think it is. Um, I think like defensive pressure and how you measure that, just watching on the TV screen is probably something that you know I sort of like to look at. And um, but Tiwi have also have had pretty low tackle numbers, haven't they? So mm. it's there's definitely something there though. I just look at spoils; they've lost that 18 to 11. One percenters; they've lost 37 to 20. Forward 50 tackles, 11 to three. If you sort yeah. of add them all up, you might be able to so build yeah, a more compelling. Yeah, there's serious, serious but... lack of intent there, probably as well. Mm. Oh well, I look again. It's not about you know, trying to rub it in or anything. Um, hopefully, Palmerston can regroup. They've got a man in charge there, Josh Heath, and someone who puts in a lot of hours into the game, and, and he'd be thinking about all the different avenues. And, and it really takes, um, you know, I think it's got to be clear that it takes a group, a collective, to to put a team in a situation that's struggling a little bit at the moment. And as I said, we've yep. all been there with our clubs, um, or at least, well, probably not St Mary's, bad, bad one to use as an example there, but the Darwin Buffaloes certainly have. So it's not about, you know, trying to be on the high horse up here. But it's not about saying, oh, this is Josh Heath or he has to go or, or, it's, or it's this guy or that guy or the committee or the president or whatever. Um, it's just a collective. So hopefully everyone at Palmerston can sort of be united um, and, and, yeah, and can just sort of build from the ground up. But they are struggling a little bit at the moment. Waratah, 16-14-110, defeated Tiwi Bombers, 9-6-60. This was an interesting one. I turned on the stream and the Bombers were like three goals up after five minutes or so, so they got the jump really, really early. Um, Mm. By quarter time, Waratah had already wrestled back the ascendancy and then, of course, they just cruised to a 50-point win. Ryan Clark, the ex-Sydney player, maybe best on ground with 36 touches, but uh, an interesting one. Tars did what they had to do to get the four points. Yeah, um... Biggest takeaways for me is with Waratahs is just their flying list. Mm. They're flying in a lot of blokes from the Premiership, um, so that's really got to affect them come finals time. So, um, and obviously, I, I just some of these like um, bottom end players, the zero pointers with the point system, aren't absolute guns. Um, they're local based, so oh, yeah, it's a very interesting one. If they're going to compete this year, I think that top you know six to eight players are going to have to play out of their skins. I feel. Yeah, I do. I have noticed that. So what players specifically are we talking about that have gone to the flying list? Is it your Darcy Hopes? And I know Will Collis was flying in last year. Uh, Joel Crocker's a flying. Yeah. Oh, I don't have the list on me now. Ryan yeah, Clark's on obviously spot. one. But Crocker was... So he's a player that's gone from Will living Collis. up in Darwin. Yeah. To, yeah. And obviously you can... Like every club can see their flying list. You can see ours. You can see yeah, everyone else's. And I just think that's... Because those blokes have been coming up for repeat seasons and living here and that sort of thing so they're they were all one or zero pointers last year so they're probably flying as zeros mm. but you can see that you know yeah it's going to be a tricky one for uh for tars balancing that so it'll be interesting to see which actual three flyings they choose because the list is pretty strong from 
blokes that are bought in for the footy club for so long. Might be a tough decision. Might be a hard oh, yeah. conversation. I reckon it is. Ryan Clark, 36 <clears throat> disposals. Cannot complain about that. First game back in local footy. Scotty Carlin, 32 touches. He slipped under the radar a little bit. I know we have spoken about him in the SCN Top N10 and all that stuff, but he's having a really good season at the moment. 32 touches. Joel Crocker, a very good player, 22 touches. O'Sullivan had a good game, 21 disposals and uh, three goals up forward. So he is in good form as well. Uh, did Eddie Morris get injured? That's the story that I've heard. 12 disposals. I don't know if you've heard any mail, but I gave him a bit of a pump up on the page last week and um, I received a message saying that, like, that's all well and good, but he's gotten injured again. So don't know where that's all at. Um, yeah. But that would be another loss to Taz because Morris adds a lot. I think Morris is one of the... zero pointer. Yeah, and he's one of the better, like, I might not say the best, but one of the better sort of two-way runners in the competition, like mm. as a defensive midfielder type. So um, it's not all about how many kicks he gets or all the flashy stuff with Morris. He just he just really adds to that midfield group. Then the Bombers, uh, Sam Darley, 29 touches, the leading disposal getter there. But Brendan Cantilla is a star. 23 touches, two goals. Goals, another really good game there. Kim Cantilla, 15 touches and three goals. Raph, what's your take on where the TV Bombers are at this year? Because they've clearly made some big improvements and some big strides forward um, compared to last year. They're not at the stage yet where they're competitive for, you know, against the top teams. They're realistically, they're still a, probably a fair way off from making the finals. So, um, you know, there's there's the good and the bad, but, but there has been improvements. Yeah, definitely. And um, like I mentioned earlier, uh, with our game, we got to play after them, so I, you know I stood there and watched a, a fair bit of this game. Um, and you know the way the Tiwi have responded from the last couple of years, um, you know with Bowden in, in control now, I think just there when the ball's not in their possession like that off off ball running types so, of you know more the players structured, aren't, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. So you know if they if they're being competitive now and and, and Bowden stays in for a couple of years and puts this group through the you know and get some more, especially when you don't have the footy, you're working as hard to get the defensive side of players. Um, you know. And it was one of those couple of times in a row where they, the Tiwi boys then respond and then chase people mm. when it's too late. Um, instead of doing your work early, we always talk about and being goal side of your opponent when you don't have the ball. Um, just little things like that that would, will come with um, the coaching with Bowden. Mm. But, yeah, like we're saying, you see every team competitive, um, especially the Tiwi who have struggled the last three or four years. Um, you know, for the Tiwi fans, I think it's only going to get better. Um, it's not going to happen overnight, nah. like we always mentioned. But, mm. um, you know, just to, you know, they get almost you know, being you know, ten goal, only a ten goal mm. behind the top best, you know, the number one team that won it last year. So you know, that's and they're playing a lot of young players. Yeah, as I was well. about to say that they're playing a lot of local players and yeah. young players and a few uh, players where at the start of the season I didn't know who they were, but they've yeah. got the Cantilla last name or yeah. the Porter Jimmy last name or something, and they're playing quite well. It's they're a step definitely. up from playing the TIFL, TIFL to the NTFL, and yeah. they're really they're really going. Quite oh, we well. kept talking about that next group of Tiri boys that are going to come through, like mm. your Tunga Tullums and all those boys. Mankaras and that played all those years together. So if they bring this next group through um, together and keep them together, um, the TV bomb is going to be a scary outfit in two or three years. Yep, and I think we've seen too Brendan Cantilla and Kim Cantilla sort of emerge from the shadows and say, "Hey, this is our club yeah, now. Yeah, like we yeah, can we can over. lead this yep. club and, and become genuine top liners." And and they've done that. So well done to the TV Bombers um, for that constant improvement. But uh, of course, I'm sure you know Bowden, a competitive bloke, would be. Wanting a little, wanting to get start converting those honourable losses into some wins. We do need to go to a quick break, I believe. So we'll take that now and come back to chat some more NTFL after this. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raf Clark and Rob Hale. For Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. 
live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raf Clark and Rob Hale. For Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End. In the studio here with Robbie the Guru Hale and Raf Clark. We are talking about last weekend's NTFL action and boys, I do need to go to my job as a school teacher, but mm-hmm. I thought it would be a little bit cowardly to leave before talking about my team because we've had our first loss of the season and I didn't want to, you know, escape the music or whatever you want to call it. So Southern Districts, 1913, 127 defeated the Darwin Buffaloes, 10-9-69 on Sunday at Kazali's Oval out in Palmerston. It was a Buffaloes home game, one of the rare Palmerston home games for the Buffaloes. But the Crocs got the job done and really solidified themselves as one of the teams to beat in the NTFL competition. The Buffaloes, 58-point loss, uh, and not back to the drawing board, but they need to regroup and, and respond this weekend. What are your thoughts? What are your questions, Rob? What's, what are your thinking? Uh, I don't know. I think the, these guys were in the game pretty much mm. till, you know, it was just the last quarter. He's got blown out. Um, obviously, Jared Brand is going to be a good pick-up for Southern Districts. We identified, you know, in the pre in the preview, didn't we? That yeah. um, that that was the missing piece they had, and um, he, he kicked seven it. goals, Brandon. So he's kicked seven, and Kelvin Williams, who was his direct opponent, had nine spoils, which I think might have been a competition high or very close to it. I think that yeah. Pethy Bridge might have got more um, from Wanderers, but that shows that a lot of the ball is being directed towards Brander and mm. um, you know we were sort of licking our wounds a little bit and feeling sorry for ourselves but our, the sort of takeaway was gee Brander's going to kick a lot of goals this year there's going to be some games where they're going to find it really difficult to, to stop Brander because he's such a straight kick for goal too he's big he's athletic he's strong he does what he needs to do he doesn't drop his marks um, and he looks a really formidable player doesn't he yeah he definitely does and it's just something even it prems Rezzy's level, and it's been something that's happened with me this year. Is just when you are short in the ruck, mm. you can have a good midfield in, but if you're short in the ruck and you aren't getting any hit outs and you've got to shark it all day, it can be quite difficult. And, you know, the hit out count was quite, yeah. um, you know, what was it, 52, 52 to 9. To nine. So you're not giving your midfield any opportunity there. You've got to have to, have to shark it all day. And obviously, Anderson and Johnston took full advantage of that. So you're thinking that if Ben Archer potentially returns for the Darwin Buffaloes, that could be a big inclusion? I think so. I think you need someone. At least. Yeah, I think you need someone breaking even at least. Mm. Obviously, there are going to be dominant midfields, and obviously you can shark it as well. But if you get midfields with good structures, it, you know, it can be quite dangerous. I feel. That Do you one, think it's an issue? The rocks. Yeah, I think it's an interesting one. I think there's no doubt that, like, obviously as a assistant coach and player. Um, I don't want to individually talk about whether, say, Nathan Stewart or Chris Atkinson um, are issues themselves, but they're com- what they're doing is they're competing really well um, as guys who are a bit undersized, clearly, you know, yep. and um, the NTFL has shown, at least in recent years, that where you may be able to have good competitive ruckmen, if, if teams are going to fly in and bring up state league level players that, like, Matt Dennis could ruck against AFL players and wouldn't look out of place at all, you know, yep. so um, by default then, is it enough to have, like, a Nathan Stewart who competes well and does his job, but, you know, realistically, he's a second ruck. So I do think that um, the rucks that we have at Buffs at the moment are second ruck types. Um, mm. Ben Archard's your genuine number one ruck type. Mm. Um, so I think, yeah, structurally, whether, you know, we're going to have to have a, 
a fly-in decision um, at some point. We've got a lot of quality fly-in players, but obviously if you go the archered route, it strengthens you in the ruck, or, or you can sort of decide to go, no, look, Stewie, Stuart and Atkinson can compete well, um, but we are going to be undersized in that area, and we have to play. If we're going to do that, we have to play the game on our terms and have a really uncontested style, you know, limited amount of ball up and stoppages and that sort of stuff, and it does make it a bit tricky. I would I will accept that. But Anderson and Schwartz uh, were very good in the midfield. Matt Johnston, really, really good. 31 disposals. I actually thought Johnston was close to best on ground. The clearance king. Um, and, yeah, that's that's really much all I have to say. Um, I have to go I have to go to work soon. But, um, yeah, that's what I have to say about that. I thought the districts are flying at the moment. They've had three really good wins in the row. Um, you know, if I have to, like, we, we didn't pass the test. We had a big test and we didn't pass it. Um, but for three quarters, we were right there. And, and I think that was enough to give us the confidence that, you know, there's we're still in striking distance and just get back at training and work on the things we need to work on and perhaps bolster the side in certain areas and then we'll be right there um, the next time we play Southern Districts. But all the credit deserves to go to the Crocs from the last weekend. Um, Johnston starred Anderson against his former team. What did you make of that one? Yeah, I thought he was really good. Was that photo that you put up on Facebook, was it... Uh him doing the money sign was it to the it crowd? was it was I think it was to Timmy Eldridge specifically yep. <laughs> so um, yeah no he was he was alright Jed was good you know we there was a bit of banter going on out there I didn't think there was anything that was too inappropriate or anything and it was also taken pretty lightheartedly by Anderson and, and the others so oh good Clarky yeah. no worries I'll leave you guys to it um, good luck no tomorrow night well. mate yeah thank you cheers all right, Ruffy. So we got the other game was the Wanderers and Pints game. Did you watch this one? I watched bits of it. Uh, we were finishing off at the same time yeah. um, as they were playing. So, but just to mention, like on the Buffaloes game, I'm good to see Calvin Williams back out there playing, mate. He's he's got all the talent in the world, and I finally see him back playing Premier League football. Um, I know he's concentrated on his basketball the last few years, but yeah, just a quick shout out to Calvin. Good to see him back out there and play, playing on the key position players because the kid can do anything. Oh, he's not a kid anymore, but like, yep. yeah, I remember him in the younger days. He played a few seasons at St Mary's, and you know, good to see him back out there and playing playing some good footy. Yeah, definitely is. Um, yeah, the Wanderers and Pints game though was um, was a probably a bit more surprising than everyone thought. Like of you know, to the Wanderers boys to push them all the way to you know they go down by. I kick in the end, um, you know, great effort to um, Aaron and the boys. Um, looks like that team is finally starting to build together and, and working out their strong points and, and whatnot. So, yeah, it's, um, you know, I, d I definitely don't think Pines might have expected that, do you think? Maybe it's just a rivalry that's they're starting to build with the Motlops against each other. Um, hmm. But, yeah, uh, um, Pines probably not as good as everyone expected them to be as last year. I don't know. I they seem so. to be, yeah, they seem to be found out. Like you mentioned that a few times uh, early on in the in before the season started that, you know, they probably won't be as good as last year because, of, you know, that new club, new enthusiasm, um, mm. being excitement to play and everyone being up and about every week, um, whether they've been found out a bit more, do you think? Yeah, that was what Clarkie was saying. Um, Jacko said that more so. And I thought, I, I sort of had him third or fourth this year. So, I've yeah, been, I, I thought they were going to yeah. yeah, be in that top four and, and improve on last year. Yeah, yep. same. So. so I've been a bit disappointed with it. Um, Wanderers have did have a couple of good fly-ins, though. Um, their bottom end's still pretty... Um, they do go shallow in the bottom end of their playing group, but flying in Marlon Motlop um, and Eddie Simpson, you know, does straighten you up a bit. Um, but for, for Pints, I mean, you just take the win, don't you, and yep. try to build some confidence. I guess the positive there is, is that Holtz-Fitz was able to get 
kick five. Yeah, kick five. Um, and Matt Ryan, the captain, who debuted in the SEN Top N10 three weeks ago and was taken out last week, uh, kick five Bounce as well. Back. So yeah. um, it's interesting because uh, what they name him? They named him second best and Mitch Taylor second best for Wanderers. So it's, it's interesting <laughs> to see if, um, if those two actually played on each other. Very similar to Kelvin and uh, Brenda, best players. Yeah. Um, but, you know, points, you know, you bank that win. I did think it was a bit of a line ball decision who I was going to pick that week, though. Um, but you're just sort of confident that points would get it done. Yeah, that's it. And um, especially at home and the, the, the recruits you've managed to pick up um, from your local boys. Um, you know, we all thought points were definitely going to be a lot stronger. But then again, you can always have an off night and still get the win. Like you said, you get the win, you move on and, and work on what didn't work as well as um, you'd expect it and, and improve it this week and go out for a better win this weekend. Yeah, so they've got the bye this weekend, but they've got Tiwi and Palmerston coming up. So obviously Tiwi is a massive danger game for them. That's going to be an interesting tipping sort of game. Um, and Palmerston, you'd back them in to beat Palmerston perhaps, but it is out at Kazali's. So they've got two very winnable games going into Buffalo's there for Pint. Um, so, yeah, I don't... Yeah, it's it's going to be very tricky for them now to... You know, I do expect them to try to make a push for the top top five. Top five, yep. That's, I mean, that should be a name for them. Um, but no Stephen Motlop either. Do you know anything about that, what the injury is? No, nah, mate, I haven't um, run into any of the Motlop boys of, um, lately. So, yeah, I haven't heard too much. I think he might be could be away for work. Um, I know they've got a few functions on with the, the, gin, uh, the gin and all that sort oh, of stuff. Yep, all, yep. all the products they sell, the Motlop boys. So, um, yeah, he could be busy with work. So, you know... Um, football's not the first priority these days for the, those boys, so if he's away with work, then, you know, that's um, that's probably the main reason I'm thinking. Yeah. 